Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope you had a fantastic weekend in the wild and wacky world of sports and beyond. We have some fun in store for you today, including a little game we call Best and Worst of the Weekend. It allows for your participation. We have great guests involving some of the biggest events of the weekend. Week 10 concludes in the NFL tonight with 7-2 Seattle visiting 8-0 San Francisco. That is MVP candidate Russell Wilson leading the Seahawks, formerly of NC State, and a whole pack of Badgers against that elite 49ers defense. Among the other best matchups of the NFL weekend was your Panthers trip to Green Bay. It ended up being a loss. There was plenty of controversy and some riverboat Ron Rivera and some analytics Ron Rivera and Snow and Kyle Allen didn't do this, but he impressed by doing that. There is a whole lot to digest as the Panthers take the loss but remain in contention for an NFC wildcard bid. Heck, the Saints lost to the Falcons this weekend. A worst of the weekend for those in New Orleans. Elsewhere in the NFL, we have a lot to get to, including with your picks. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe? And what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe? And what made it that? We will have lines open this hour. We will have Jim Zoki of the Carolina Panthers broadcast team next hour to discuss all things NFL. Eli Drinkwitz, the first-year head coach of the App State Mountaineers, also will drop by. Did you know that in the history of the Sun Belt Conference, there had never been a football team that beat two Power Five opponents in the same season? Now the Mountaineers, relative newcomers to FBS, and once again, the favorite to win yet another Sun Belt football championship, this time under the new coach, Eli Drinkwitz, just as they went to Chapel Hill and beat the Tar Heels of the ACC earlier this year, they went to Columbia and beat the Gamecocks of the SEC on Saturday. App State's Eli Drinkwitz, next hour, Jim Zoki on the NFL, next hour, your phone calls before and after as we offer our best and worst of the weekend from the NFL, college football, a little college basketball, Cole Anthony and the Tar Heels, Cassius Stanley and the Blue Devils, Mamadi Diakite and the Cavaliers. Florida State went to Florida and got a top 10 road win over the Gators. How will that look on the resume come March? Pretty darn good. The Wolfpack and the Demon Deacons, among others, got their first college basketball wins of the season. As we pick over the best and worst of the weekend, there was a lot of worst for college football teams around here, even as App State was a big winner and in contention for all the right things. We have a lot of teams that will be scratching and clawing just to get into bowl games and might not even make it. NC State, 55-10, to 10, the annihilation at the hands of the still undefeated Clemson Tigers. We did have a blast on the big tailgate tour. So shout out to everybody that we saw in the Carter-Finley parking lot. Shout out to the Storm Squad as well. We had a great time with all involved and our friends at Backyard Bistro. But on the field, it was Tigers 55, Wolfpack 10. Meanwhile, Duke got crushed by Notre Dame and Durham. Wake Forest 
played competitively, but the score looked really ugly. 36-17, to the final in Blacksburg. The Deeks fall to 7-2 and and fall from the national top 25 of the polls with that loss to the Hokies in Blacksburg. Deeks are at Clemson this week. Obviously, Dabo Sweeney came and saw and conquered. The Tigers are now 10-0. They will host a 7-2 Wake team that saw Jamie Newman play really his only bad game of the year. The Virginia Tech defense and the retiring coordinator, Bud Foster, had a whole lot to do with that. So we'll get into your best and worst of the weekend from the NFL, your best and worst of the weekend from college football. Obviously, LSU and Minnesota got the biggest victories in those undefeated versus undefeated showdown games. Where do Alabama and Penn State go from here? Are you just done? Are you giving up on Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide? Because they now have not only that number one in the loss column, which is dangerous for any team any year, Alabama doesn't have the typical quality wins to go with that one loss as the Nittany Lions and the Tide are both somewhere in those committee rankings as they come out again tomorrow night, week two for the folks who actually matter, the committee that will make that ultimate decision next month about college football's Final Four. Beyond the NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, how about these for a couple of sidelights? Did you know that this weekend there was another extremely positive sign regarding our state's chance of luring a Major League Soccer expansion franchise. You might have missed it because there were a lot of games and a lot of sports, heck, including the MLS. Shout out to the Seattle Sounders, who won another MLS Cup. Our state is considered the frontrunner for MLS franchise number 30 via the expansion route. We'll get into more of those details. That's straight from the mouth of the NFL commissioner, Don Garber. So that's really good news for soccer fans who would like to see our nation's top soccer league come to the state of North Carolina. We are the most populous state without MLS, just as we are the most populous state without Major League Baseball. We have virtually everything else you could possibly want in college and professional sports. And I say we as a state because, of course, we're coming at you, as always, live in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. We invite your phone calls from there right now at 1-800-849-2761. Denny Hamlin got the win in Phoenix to punch his ticket to NASCAR's version of the Final Four. Martin Truex Jr. and Kevin Harvick had already won to advance. Kyle Busch got in on points. All four of three of those four guys, I should say, are from Joe Gibbs Racing, so the former Washington head coach in the NFL continues to have great success. Truex and Hamlin and Kyle Busch are all Joe Gibbs guys as they are three of the final four heading to Homestead with a chance to win that Cup Series championship. Denny Hamlin is the only one of the four finalists who has not yet won a Cup Series title. He turns 39 years old this week, so who knows how many more chances he will get. Quick shout-out to Lynn Williams of the North Carolina Courage and the U.S. Women's National Team. They completed an amazing 2019. The Courage, of course, win another NWSL title. The U.S. Women's National Team won another World Cup earlier this year and won again this weekend. Lynn Williams with the brace to put the red, white, and blue over the top against Costa Rica. There's a lot to digest from the Panthers' loss to the Packers. Not all of it bad. I wouldn't put the Panthers for the record worst of the weekend. In fact, in our backyard at the professional level, 
The Hurricanes lost at Ottawa, and it wasn't pretty, 4-1. to one. I'll see you at PNC Arena tonight as the Senators visit the Canes. A rematch, if you will, of Saturday night. Rod Brindamore did not like the effort or the details as the Senators won 4-1 to one in Ottawa on Saturday. The Canes have dropped four straight. We will see you at PNC Arena tonight. Darren, I'm assuming you are still with me as I say hello to the producer of this program, Darren Vaught. On the other side of the glass, you and I are headed to PNC. We will not be in our on-the-glass seats. Sometimes people look for us down there, assuming that we're there every home game. No. Sometimes, yes, but we'll be in the lower level. I think it's section 110, maybe? 110, 110 I, think we'll be I in believe, tonight. is where we are. So maybe the Canes can get back on a winning track. So you and I are in. We are in. And I, I for the record, have a track record of, of some pretty good juju whenever I'm you in do. PNC Arena. So the Canes typically win when I'm there. We also have Mike Maniscalco coming back that to the broadcast That is great news. You so want a, talk lot about, of good, a lot of good juju coming into the You want to talk about best of the weekend. Longtime friend Mike Maniscalco dating back to his sports radio days. I once was a guest on his show in an entirely different state. We go back that far. Nowadays, of course, he is the great ice side reporter for the Canes for Fox Sports Carolinas. He is also a very popular guest host here on the David Glenn Show when I have other responsibilities. So it is great, underline it, capitalize it, to have the big rig back in his usual duties tonight as Ottawa visits Carolina in NHL action. Not all losses are the same, right? For example... You could say the Hurricanes' effort is out at Ottawa was a worst of the weekend. The Hornets lost twice, coming back to earth after a surprisingly strong start. They lost at home to New Orleans. They lost at Philadelphia yesterday. So the Hornets had an 0-for-2 weekend. The Hurricanes had an 0-for-1 weekend. I'm not putting the Panthers' loss in the same kind of debacle-type territory. It was a quality effort under difficult weather circumstances against an 8-2 and two team led by Aaron Rodgers. Are there things they need to do better? Yes. Protecting Kyle Allen would be one of those. But they did more right than wrong against an 8-2 and two team led by an MVP caliber quarterback on a field where the Packers are traditionally difficult to beat. You can find something good in defeat, just as you can sometimes find plenty of things to nitpick in victory. And I'll tell you this, just as an example from the college level, ECU, under first-year head coach Mike Houston, lost at 9-1 SMU this weekend. I know this is a little bit off the beaten trail, but I love following stories even when they're not in the national spotlight or our statewide spotlight. The bottom line is that Mike Houston, who's been successful as a head coach everywhere else he's ever been, the Pirates were a horribly bad football team in the month of September, meaning two months ago. Now, typically, you think of improvement and under any new coach more as year two over year one, year three over year one, et cetera. You can sometimes improve within a season. And if you watch the Pirates play last week against a Cincinnati team that is now 8-1 and one and ranked in the committee rankings, or the SMU team this Saturday that is now 9-1 and one in the committee rankings, it was a one-possession game for the Pirates before falling at home against Cincy on the road against SMU. Folks, unless you get a lot better from September, where, remember, they went to NC State and got shellacked. That's a Wolfpack team that has a losing record right now and might have to scratch and claw just to get into a bowl game. Something good is going on in a culture. No, they're not going to make a bowl, but 
if I'm a fan in any sport for any team here or far away, and I see that, even if I don't like the beautiful record at the end of the year, I can see those kinds of steps in the right direction. That is a best of the weekend to me, even in defeat. App State, of course, Virginia Tech, Ohio State, Clemson, and Baylor all remained among the ranks of the unbeaten. LSU and Minnesota taking out Alabama and Penn State, respectively, are the top of that college football best of the weekend heap. And one more shout-out from college football. Will Healy has been a guest of ours here at the David Glenn Show. Just as you could celebrate first-year head coach Eli Drinkwitz wins at North Carolina, now at South Carolina. First-year head coach Mike Houston of ECU for reasons I just described. First-year head coach, kind of part two of Mac Brown and Chapel Hill. More good than bad, even as the heels have to scratch and claw to get to bowl eligibility. They're at Pittsburgh on Thursday night football this week. First-year Charlotte 49ers head coach Will Healy has them on a three-game winning streak, and they're 5-5. Five and five. They have never been to a bowl game in the history of that program. And in his first year, he has them at 5-5 five and five and kind of in the middle of the Conference USA pack where given the 49ers history on the gridiron, that is actually an enormous step in the right direction for a really charismatic young coach that has brought some comparisons to guys like Dabo Sweeney, our guest here on the David Glenn Show from Clemson. I think it was one week ago today. Happy Veterans Day to everybody as we come to your calls. John is in the Triangle. Vernon is in Hoboken, North Carolina. Our thanks every day, but certainly on Veterans Day, to all who served in the United States Armed Forces. That includes my own father, Raymond F. Glenn, the United States Air Force for a long time. I happen to be an Air Force Hospital Base, a Air Force Base Hospital baby myself, born in Belleville, Illinois at Scott Air Force Base. My dad was in the service representing our country for a long time, and I know many of you that we have met across North Carolina either are serving our country as we speak. We even met some at the Big Tailgate Tour this weekend or have served Veterans Day, of course, celebrating those who have served in the U.S. Armed Forces. Thanks to all of you today and every day as we welcome your calls, 1-800-849-2761. There's a lot to dissect NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, the MLS coming to North Carolina. It sounds like a greater possibility than it's ever been before. Meanwhile, the Memphis Tigers have both a talented basketball team under first-year head coach Penny Hardaway and a legal showdown with the NCAA over the eligibility status of their star player and future NBA lottery pick. His name is James Wiseman. Ohio State played without its elite defensive end, Chase Young. We haven't even gotten to changing these NCAA amateurism rules yet. And two or one each per sport of the most celebrated talents in those sports at the college level are either under investigation and not representing their team. Uh, Chase Young did not play for the Buckeyes this weekend as he awaits a possible four-game suspension for taking stuff he wasn't supposed to take. James Wiseman was declared ineligible after being declared eligible, and now Memphis sued and got an injunction so that he could actually suit up for the Memphis Tigers, who are good again under a fantastic recruiter in Penny Hardaway, who also happens to be the same guy who gave James Wiseman's family a whole bunch of money to move a couple years ago. Now, it was before he became the Memphis head coach and James Wiseman's own coach, but 
NCAA rules prohibited what he did, and it jeopardized James Wiseman's eligibility as a result. We'll get to your college hoops, best and worst of the weekend, a lot of football, college, and pro. Two great guests next hour. Your phone calls right now. Intern Will is representing William Peace University. His will be the first voice you hear if you dial 1-800-849-2761. What was your best or worst of the weekend for, from anywhere in the sports universe? You can tell us and cast your ballot on Twitter at David Glenn Show. Email dglenn at accsports.com. Or the quickest way to the front of the line is dialing 1-800-849-2761. We're coming to your calls and more on the weekend that was next on the David Glenn Show. He's the UVA head basketball coach, Tony Bennett. You always believed in us. I guess you were the wind beneath our wings. There you go. How's that? <laughs> Do we but, have uh, background music that's for that? That's right. Bette Midler, there we go. You are the wind Keep it right here on the David Glenn Show. to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Best and Worst of the Weekend. Our guests are later. Jim Zoki of the Panthers radio crew on all things NFL. Eli Drinkwitz, one of the many first-year head coaches in college football here across the Carolinas who is doing a great job. The Mountaineers went to Chapel Hill and beat the Tar Heels of the ACC head-to-head earlier this year. They went to Columbia and beat the Gamecocks of the SEC on Saturday. They are back in position to win what would be for them a fourth straight Sun Belt title. They've got to beat Georgia State this coming Saturday to stay on that kind of path. Eli Drinkwitz of the Mountaineers live second hour. Jim Zoki second hour. Your calls best and worst of the weekend right now on what you saw from the weekend that was NFL, college football, college basketball. That audio there was from Cassius Stanley's latest high-flying, sky-walking dunk for the Duke Blue Devils. Duke rolled past Colorado State on Friday night. The freshman wing had 19 points and seven rebounds. Football-wise, as we come to your calls, we all know the biggest winners were at the college level. LSU, 46-41 to over number three Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Quarterback Joe Burrow kind of polished his Heisman campaign numbers. 393 passing yards and three touchdowns against the Crimson Tide of Nick Saban. The Tigers snapped an eight-game head-to-head losing streak to the Tide and, of course, are as well-positioned as anybody for a run at the College Football National Championship. Minnesota, a school we don't hear often in these conversations beat number four Penn State 31 to 26 the Golden Gophers stay among the ranks of the unbeaten those numbers are down to five now LSU Minnesota and then Ohio State which crushed Maryland even without Chase Young this weekend Clemson which annihilated NC State at Carter Finley 55 to 10 and Baylor which needed three overtimes but squeaked past TCU 29 to 23 more on those stories and where they might fall in the committee rankings tomorrow night At the NFL level, as we go to Lynn in Greensboro, Roy is in Raleigh, John is in the Triangle, Vernon's in Hoboken, uh, Hoboken. Mike is in Winston-Salem. You can call us from the mountains to the beaches and everywhere you'd want to live in between. 
at the NFL level besides the Panthers' loss to the Packers, the most love, and understandably so, is going to teams like the Ravens and the Vikings and even some guys we know well around these parts. Baltimore beat lowly Cincinnati. The Bengals still haven't won yet. Bengals, Saints, among the worst of the weekend from the NFL. It wasn't as much beating Cincinnati. But Lamar Jackson is a 22-year-old former Louisville star and Heisman Trophy winner who, among other things, while leading the Ravens to now the 7-2 record, remember after his strong finish last year, perfect passer rating against Cincinnati, a 47-yard highlight reel ankle-breaking run from the quarterback position against the Bengals, three touchdowns, no interceptions. It is hard to believe he has come this far this quickly as an NFL quarterback, but the Ravens at 7-2 are among the more dangerous teams in the NFL in large part because of how well Lamar Jackson is playing. Meanwhile, credit to the Minnesota Vikings. They went into Dallas last night on Sunday night football and knocked off the Cowboys 28-24. to Minnesota joins the Packers and the 49ers and the Seahawks and others as the most dangerous teams in the NFC. Tonight, remember, it's MVP candidate Russell Wilson leading 7-2 Seattle into San Francisco, where the 49ers, on the shoulders of an elite defense, are the last unbeaten team remaining in the National Football League. 1-800-849-2761. Lynn in Greensboro, welcome to Best and Worst of the Weekend. Go ahead and cast your ballot, ask your question. Happy Veterans Day, and welcome to the program. Yeah, hi, uh, David. Happy Veterans Day. It's beautiful here in Greensboro and Colfax. My son and I are just driving from the Field of Honor uh, with a great, nice crowd showed up to honor veterans, and we're nice. just driving back now, but beautiful out cool. here. Good to hear. Nice crowd. Yeah, best and worst, um, my daughter uh, moved to L.A. about a year ago. She's a recent grad of Appalachian State, and she's just thrilled to beat the uh, SEC's uh, Gamecocks. Uh, and then the uh, ACC Tar Heels this year, all in one year. So she's thrilled. That's the best of the weekend. Worst of the weekend, I don't know if it's Norv Turner or who calls the plays for the Panthers, but every call those last four plays needs the demotion. I don't want to go say fire them, but yeah. it was terrible and it sucked. They need some kind of demotion or uh, maybe they could give their week check to the veterans or something that was just terrible <laughs> terrible thank you for listening and calling lynn best wishes to your daughter as well i'll tell you this even in defeat kyle allen impressed me we can nitpick a lot of things from this game the bad call on gerald mccoy for roughing the passer that was a bad call remember it did not directly lead to points for the packers Green Bay did not end up scoring on that drive, but they gobbled up a lot of clock, and rather than having to punt from the shadow of their goalposts, they got that first down. They got to wear out that Panthers defense. They got to control the ball for a while longer, and rather the Panthers maybe, you know, signaling for a fair catch near midfield if the Packers had to punt from their own end zone. They were going the long route, right? Kyle Allen did impress me. I'll tell you this. As reports continue to come out about Cam Newton's future likely being in a different uniform, meaning not the Panthers, and there's a lot of reasons for that. It's not entirely that the Panthers don't think he can be great again. It's more about how much money they can save if they trade him. It's more about giving Christian McCaffrey the raise that he's going to want and deserve maybe as soon as this coming summer. We'll leave that for the back burner. I'm not ready to say Kyle Allen is the long-term answer at quarterback, but remember the Panthers control his contractual rights in a really team-friendly kind of way. At worst, he looks like one of the better backup quarterbacks in the National Football League. At worst. 
Is he capable enough of being an in-the-pinch starter for a long stretch the way they needed him this year? Even in defeat, he made me believe the answer to that is yes. Against Green Bay in front of that Lambeau crowd with snowflakes all over the place and your footing being questionable and really beyond whatever you want to say about the play calling, personnel-wise, what the Panthers really need to do most is protect their quarterbacks better. I mean, Kyle Allen was running for his life, it felt like, on half of his dropbacks. And that's a credit to the Packers, and the Panthers have upgraded their own pass rush, and that's why they're still in the playoff conversation. It's kind of Christian McCaffrey, enough of Kyle Allen in the passing game, and a top-10 defense. They limited Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers defense, which has been mostly or Green Bay Packers offense, which has been mostly great. You hold the Packers to 24 points under those circumstances, you're giving your team a chance to win. They could not protect Kyle Allen. And he was, you know, he had horrible numbers while throwing under duress. Most NFL quarterbacks do. Some of that is because of injuries on the offensive line. Some of that is because they just need to upgrade via the draft or free agency in the offseason. That is probably the weakest link in the Panthers' machine right now. Will it be good enough to get them into the playoffs? We'll see. Uh, but a loss at the Packers, obviously, a step in the wrong direction. Roy is in the triangle. And next up on the David Glenn Show, welcome to the program. Well, thanks, David. Uh, and happy uh, Veterans Day. Yeah, right back at you. Yeah. Um, so my best of the, the uh, weekend is, is definitely the Kyle Allen. Um, I think that he's just been showing that he's a, a coachable player and he's developing each and every week, just getting better. I mean, had over 300 yards yesterday. Um, I know he had the two turnovers, but it just seems like he's able to he's sit in there in the pocket and some of those plays and make plays under uh, pressure, like that one to DJ Moore at the end of the game, that fourth and ten play there. And um, and a lot he made quite a few plays uh, versus the Titans um, last week. And for anybody who may think we're being too optimistic, and I'll let you go with the rest of your point there, Roy. Greg Olson, who's a great interview, going to be a future broadcaster, Panthers veteran, tight end, obviously. We've interviewed him many times. He is a straight shooter. He is not going to say anything negative, of course, about his own team, but he's not going to toss out bouquets just to toss out bouquets. And here's what he said about Kyle Allen, even in defeat at Green Bay. I told Kyle after that game that that performance there at the end, this is Greg Olson yesterday, I have played with a lot of good quarterbacks. That is as good a performance, considering the circumstances, that I have ever played with. What he did against that defense against that front, pinning their ears back, knowing we had to throw the ball on almost every play. We all saw the conditions and the weather and the snow, and we're down 14 in the fourth quarter. And to lead us down the field twice under those circumstances that way, the full length of the field, was incredible. That's a guy who's been playing for over a decade in the National Football League. He didn't have to say that against about Kyle Allen. Again, you lost – so now it's the Packers that are 8-2 and two and in great position, and you're 5-4 and four and in shaky position, but still in contention. That's a great sign for how the Panthers believe in their quarterback. He's only 23 years old. He's an undrafted free agent. He did cough it up again twice yesterday, and that's a bugaboo that has followed him since his college days. Why did he lose the starting job at Texas A&M? Why did he lose the job for the Houston Cougars? And then he ended up turning pro early and going undrafted. Well, much of it had to do with his turnover issues. I don't think Aaron Rodgers had any turnovers. Kyle Allen had the weird kind of butt fumble 
that the Packers jumped on. He did have that one interception, so he can get better. But far more good signs than bad for a guy who, back in July, very few people in the NFL had any idea who he was. Go ahead, Roy, with the rest of your best or worst of the weekend. Yeah, I just I think that he's showing that he's uh, a coachable guy, and he's going to come in and work hard to, to learn every week. And I think it's been showing. Uh, but my worst of the uh, the weekend was definitely the Canes dropping a fourth mm. straight. Um, I think that. Martin being out of the lineup, I know that Hola's got that. Uh, he's been creating offense for the Hurricanes, and that hurts. But I think Martin Nook, just the energy that he brings to the team um, and just grinding things out, I think the team just plays better when they have a guy like that in the lineup. Um, yeah, and, I, I think uh, I think the Canes' lack of depth is showing up a little bit right now. When you watch the fourth line play, it hasn't been great hockey. And the Canes, when they're healthy, I mean, you saw, everybody saw the start. It's not false optimism. When they were healthy, they were winning a lot of hockey games. Eric Halla and Jordan Martinook, who is a glue guy, who is a chemistry guy, who is a character guy. They, they miss both of them, among others. I don't, I'm not hitting the panic button. Four straight losses is certainly cause for concern. And as Rod Brindamore said, the details behind that 4-1 loss at Ottawa on Saturday night were maybe more concerning than the final score. The Canes are a team that usually wins the work ethic battle. They're usually winning the grind it out along the boards battle. They're usually winning the have a system and stick to it battle. And that was not the case on Saturday night at Ottawa. They get a rematch against the Senators tonight at PNC Arena. Darren and I will be there in the lower level in Section 110. Say hi if you see us there. 1-800-849-2761. Mike is in Winston-Salem. Vernon's in Hoboken. Steve's in Apex. And one of them wants to discuss a really weird legal showdown. I would say in my career, nine times out of 10, if not 99 times out of 100, when a college or university was in a stare down with the NCAA over an issue, often in a player in whether he is eligible or not, nine out of 10 or 99 out of 100, the school backs down. Kind of like Ohio State right now held Chase Young, their star defensive end, out of the game against Maryland while they, taught, while they continued to converse with the NCAA. Okay, he took stuff he wasn't supposed to take. How long is this suspension going to be? And they're being cautious about it, right? We're not going to play him against Maryland and dare you to suspend him, right? Or dare you to sanction us as a university. They're being deferential. That's the way it almost always is. You're a member of the organization, and instead the Memphis Basketball Tigers – who have their own high-profile, future high first-round pick, a man named James Wiseman, a big guy who's likely to be high in the NBA draft's lottery this coming year. Instead of playing the deferential game over the eligibility of a star player, Memphis is basically flipping the NCAA the bird, and they're playing the guy with a court order from a judge and essentially saying, we dare you to penalize us in the aftermath. It is an interesting stare down and showdown that you don't see very often. More on that story with more of your phone calls. Jim Zoki of the Carolina Panthers broadcast team, live in 25 minutes on all things NFL. Eli Drinkwitz of the App State Mountaineers, win over the Tar Heels earlier, win over the Gamecocks on Saturday. Both of those were road warrior victories as App State continues to do some things that are the first in the history of their program and the first in the history of Sunbelt football. Eli, next hour, your phone calls on the other side, 1-800-849-2761. We're glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. 
I made a reference to Mike Krzyzewski of Duke and his GOAT status. And I kid you not, I got angry emails. If I really wanted to insult somebody, I would include some kind of sentence about being in the bleeping prairie chewing on grass. This is The David Glenn Show. Back to the David Glenn Show. Let's come right back to your best and worst of the weekend phone calls. There was an extremely positive sign this weekend regarding our state's chance of luring a Major League Soccer expansion franchise. More on that momentarily. There's a crazy stare down between Memphis and the NCAA. As I said before the break, 99 times out of 100, I've seen these cases where the school defers to the NCAA. Not this time. The Memphis Tigers are playing their star center, James Wiseman, after getting a temporary restraining order from a judge. I believe they're risking severe sanctions by doing this. In other words, the NCAA can say, okay, you want to stare us down? You want to really be the bully and try to push us around? All right. Well, if it turns out that James Wiseman is going to have to be suspended for X number of games, and you defiantly played him despite us declaring him ineligible. How about this? You're not allowed to go to the NCAA tournament this year as part of your penalties. It is a possibility. Now, that's down the road. This is still playing its way through the court system. But as Ohio State, remember, was deferential to the NCAA. Oh, wait a minute. There's questions about what our star defensive end, Chase Young, took that he shouldn't have taken. Well, might that mean he has to serve a short suspension, uh, but he's not permanently ineligible? The Buckeyes are being deferential. That's the way it's almost always done in a membership organization like the NCAA. You don't want to spit in the face of the ultimate judge and jury on such things. Memphis is taking a different route. As we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Packers over Panthers, Mitch Trubisky and the Bears beating the Lions with the former UNC QB stepping up in a really much-needed way for Chicago. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens were best of the weekend. Minka Fitzpatrick, how's that? for an acquisition, scoring as a defensive player. 17-12 was the win over the L.A. Rams for the Steelers, who are still in playoff contention. Vikings over the Cowboys last night, another best of the weekend from pro football. LSU over Alabama, Minnesota over Penn State, Ohio State, Clemson, and Baylor staying unbeaten among the college football best of the weekend, along with Virginia Tech and App State, and for different reasons, the ECU Pirates and the Charlotte 49ers. The Hornets, the Hurricanes, the NCAA, the Pack, the Devils, and the Deeks on the football field. The Saints, the Bengals, and others in the NFL among the worst of the weekend vote-getters. You can be next with your ballot. You can be next with your question or comment at 1-800-849-2761. James Wiseman of Memphis, with his family, moved to Memphis. You're going to love this part. Who did he end up playing for at the high school level? A guy named Penny Hardaway. Who is his current head coach at Memphis? Same dude, former Memphis star Penny Hardaway. Penny has admitted that he gave the family more than $10,000 to help them with moving expenses when they moved to Memphis as they were about to put James Wiseman in uniform for his high school team. Now, Penny is saying, well, I didn't know I was going to end up being the head coach at Memphis. I didn't know I was going to end up being 
the guy who signed him to play at Memphis and the NCAA, I would argue predictably, rolled its eyes and said, well, that's not how it works, Penny. You're a former player who has donated a lot of money to Memphis. That makes you a booster even before you came back to be the head coach. That is like a pretty good textbook definition of a booster. You've donated a lot of money to the school where you played, and that's okay. That's great. But that means you can't go around helping families move. Now, some of you may say, well, in a fair world, those with wealth should be able to help those without wealth. And I'm not going to be here for the right or wrong type argument. Just always remember there are two different questions. What is the right or fair thing to do? And then what do the NCAA rules say? I mean, those are two very different conversations. I don't see a lot of doubt about the fact that Penny Hardaway would meet any definition of a booster for Memphis even before he was their head coach. And whether you like the fact that it's against the rules or not, it seems pretty clearly a violation of amateurism rules, at least as they're written right now. Remember, that change is coming a couple years from now. But James Wiseman's family make, taking more than ten grand. I mean, this is like a textbook, a textbook case of improper benefits, again, under NCAA rules, not in the moral ethical sense. And James Wiseman's going to be suspended. The fact that Memphis defiantly is playing him and get and there was a court order not by the university but taken by his James Wiseman's family attorneys they got a judge to stay temporary restraining order on this whole NCAA suspension I don't know where it's going to come out I just know that the NCAA will have in its back pocket the possibility of a postseason ban because it does not want to set a precedent where when somebody's unhappy with the interpretation of who's eligible and who's not and why and who's a booster and how much money did you take and are you eligible beca ineligible because of that, the idea that the NCAA is just going to let schools pick and choose and defiantly play a star player who clearly his family took over ten grand, according to everybody's view of the evidence, I don't think the NCAA is going to smile on that type of scenario. And I think Memphis is putting its season on the line by spitting in the face of the collegiate organization that essentially makes the rules and runs the show. Vernon in Hoboken has this case on his mind. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hi, David. All of the years I've been calling you, I have never felt this strongly about anything. All right, lay it okay. on. As you said, first of all, you did say that uh, Memphis suit, they did not. Wiseman, and he has five lawyers on his legal team, they sued the University of Memphis and the NCAA. Right. And I'm going to go back to, I don't care if Penny's a booster or anything else, the NCAA did their due diligence. He was number one recruit in the country. It took them three months. They cleared him to play at the University of Memphis. And this is Wiseman's case. I could have played at any college in this nation, but you did the due diligence. You were responsible. You approved me, and I'm sorry if I'm loud. You approved me to play at Memphis. And I've been in school three months, and I'm getting ready to play my first game, and you're saying, I, you can't play. And you're saying, you didn't do your due diligence. 
you know, you were responsible for clearing the kid. So now the kid who is projected to be the number one yeah. pick in the NBA draft has done nothing wrong. But you're saying he can't play college basketball. He can't transfer. He can't do anything. Who's the problem with? The problem's with the NCAA. And that's what he's saying. Yeah, the only thing I would add, Vernon, is that any athlete who's cleared by the NCAA, that is always revocable. Always in all sports with all kids. What if the evidence that comes out later is the evidence that shows that you were ineligible? So I wouldn't put as much weight as you're putting on the initial NCAA approval of James Wiseman's eligibility. Again, there there are hundreds of examples where you're initially cleared, but then evidence comes out and that jeopardizes your amateur status. So that part of this case is not as weird as some Memphis supporters are making it sound. In terms of wanting to change the system, I feel for you. In terms of whether the NCAA wants to get in the business of pretending that Penny Hardaway, former Memphis player, was not, you know, a booster helping a family in a way to curry favor with the same kid who ends up playing for him in high school and at college. I mean, that is not something the NCAA, I believe, will ever smile upon. Even when they change their amateurism rules, it will be not okay for the coach of a college to just start farming out cash to potential future recruits the way it turned out here. So I think it's... I feel your emotion, and I don't mind you getting all fired up because I know you're coming from a good place. I just think it's a little bit more complicated than the way you're laying out. And if you're an NCAA fan, I would ask you this. Are you okay with the idea? If you're okay, well, let's, let's just make it the wild, wild west. Any booster and any coach could give any amount to any family for any reason uh, involving a player that they may want to later sign for their school. You want to open that door wide open, you will go right ahead. Just remember, it's going to have some unintended consequences as well. Jim Zoki on the NFL in 10 minutes. Eli Drinkwitz from App State in 40 minutes. Glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. Dean in Wilmington, you're up on the David Glenn Show. The NCAA book on violations is so sick Superman has trouble carrying. This is true. However, it's not buried into the small print in the back that you're not allowed to drive luxury cars that aren't yours. Okay? (laughs) Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Why did Riverboat Ron go for two with the Panthers down by eight at Green Bay? That NFL question and more with Jim Zoki from the Panthers radio crew next on the David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show.